Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. And so we give honor to God, to our bishop, to Pastor Hyacinth, Bob Granham, who gave us an amazing message already, and who, thank God, affirmed so many things that are even in my notes right now. That always feels great. It's an honor to stand here today. We always hear from our pastor today. And so I want to thank Pastor Bob for just giving us the opportunity to stand before you as well. Of course, I give love to my Prince Omar, who we all love, and I get the honor of having in my presence every single day. Thank you, husband. If it weren't for you, I wouldn't be a mom. I love you. And so one of the gifts of being a parent is that when we approach this in God's way, the scripture lets us know that there are benefits, not just to us, but to our children and to our children's children. And so I am going to give to you my amazing grace who has a word for you, and then I'll proceed. Good morning, New Covenant. Good morning. <laughs> I always wanted to do that. <laughs> okay. So on this Mother's Day, let's think about how our doing well ensures that we make our mothers happy. Um, Proverbs 23, verse 15 through 25 um, says, Dear child, if you become wise, I'll be one happy parent. My heart will dance and sing to the tuneful truth you'll speak. Don't for a minute envy careless rebels. Soak yourself in the fear of God. That's where your future lies. Then you won't be left with an armload of nothing. Oh, listen, dear child, become wise. Point your life in the right direction. Don't drink too much wine and get drunk. Don't eat too much food and get fat. Drunks and gluttons will end up on skid row in a stupor and dressed in rags. Listen with respect to the father who raised you. And when your mother grows old, don't neglect her. Buy truth, don't sell it for love or money. Buy wisdom, buy education, buy insight. Parents rejoice when their children turn out well. Wise children become proud parents. So make your father happy and make your mother proud. So I go to Abington Friends School and my parents always make fun of me and say that it's like a utopia. They're very sensitive about how we feel um, and one thing that we always honor is reflecting on our thoughts and coming to a consensus. So my reflection question for Proverbs 23, verse 15 through 25 is what is the power of soaking yourself in the fearlessness of God? Proverbs chapter 23, verse 17 says, don't for a minute envy careless rebels. Soak yourself in the fear of God because that is where your future lies. So God will use your parents um, to guide and direct you into your future. Don't let your heart... Good morning, New Covenant. Good morning. We know that there is an assignment, and we take that very seriously. We are thankful for you 
and we pray together, if you'll pray with us, that God will speak through us to you. We never, ever take it for granted when asked to come before God's people, before any people, because whoever we go before, we know that there is an assignment, and we take that very seriously, because it's your life and the life of those who you represent sitting here. And so please pray with us. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come before you and before your people, God. And we stand here knowing that we are nothing without you. And so, Father, we honor your presence in this place. And we pray, God, that right now you will remove anything that's in us that's not like you, God. Use us in the way only you can and let it be a way that changes transforms, challenges, and makes more excellent the lives of your people, God. We bless you and we thank you in advance, God, knowing that it's not by power and it's not by might, but it's by your spirit. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. And so we give honor to God, to our bishop, to Pastor Hyacinth, Bob Granham, who gave us an amazing message already and who, thank God, affirmed so many things that are even in my notes right now. That always feels great. It's an honor to stand here today. We always hear from our pastor today. And so I want to thank Pastor Bob for just giving us the opportunity to stand before you as well. Of course, I give love to my Prince Omar, who we all love. And I get the honor of having in my presence every single day. Thank you, husband. If it weren't for you, I wouldn't be a mom. I love you. And so one of the gifts of being a parent is that when we approach this in God's way, the scripture lets us know that there are benefits, not just to us, but to our children, and to our children's children. And so I am going to give to you my amazing Grace, who has a word for you, and then I'll proceed. Okay. Good morning, New Covenant. Good morning. <laughs> I always wanted to do that. Okay. So on this Mother's Day, let's think about how our doing well ensures that we make our mothers happy. Um, Proverbs 23, verse 15 through 25 um, says... Dear child, if you become wise, I'll be one happy parent. My heart will dance and sing to the tuneful truth you'll speak. Don't for a minute envy careless rebels. Soak yourself in the fear of God. That's where your future lies. Then you won't be left with an armload of nothing. Oh, listen, dear child, become wise. Point your life in the right direction. Don't drink too much wine and get drunk. Don't eat too much food and get fat. Drunks and gluttons will end up on skid row in a stupor and dressed in rags. Listen with respect to the father who raised you, and when your mother grows old, don't neglect her. Buy truth, don't sell it for love or money. Buy wisdom, buy education, buy insight. Parents rejoice when their children turn out well. Wise children become proud parents. So make your father happy and make your mother proud. So 
I go to Abington Friends School, and my parents always make fun of me and say that it's like a utopia. They're very sensitive about how we feel, um, and one thing that we always honor is reflecting on our thoughts and coming to a consensus. So my reflection question for Proverbs 23, verse 15 through 25 is what is the power of soaking yourself in the fearlessness of God? Proverbs chapter 23, verse 17 says, don't for a minute envy careless rebels. Soak yourself in the fear of God because that is where your future lies. So God will use your parents um, to guide and direct you into your future. Don't let your heart envy people who, who live godless lives and, and have no hope of salvation. Instead, live in reverent, worshipful fear of the Lord day by day. So yesterday we were getting ready for church and I overheard my mom talking to Nate about washing his clothes for church and getting ready for school. And I kept thinking about the soak cycle on the washer machine. And that brought me back to, to Proverbs 23 verse 15 where it says, soak yourself in the fear of God. And I was thinking about um, how in the media, in our media-driven society, there's a constant cycle of advertising, music, movies, television, propaganda. And I think of how that's spiritual brainwashing and how we're constantly in that cycle. So part of envy of careless rebels comes from overindulging ourselves with social media and things that we crave. And with brainwashing, do your own laundry. The fear of God is in the soak cycle, which is the reverence of God the opposite of envy and careless rebels. So instead of soaking yourself in sin, soak yourself in the spiritual soaking cycle. Choose to intentionally soak yourself in the word. You can do worship, missions, evangelism. Would you rather soak yourself in a worldly cycle or soak yourself in a spiritual cycle? Would you rather soak yourself in a worldly cycle or soak yourself in a spiritual cycle? <laughs> Your spiritual cycle is taught in Philippians 4 verse 9. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And that reminded me of soaking yourself in the spiritual cycle because it is true, it is noble, it is right, it is pure. Um, so moving on to a story about my dad. My room is right across from his office and he's always in there praying, meditating. He always has his Bible with him. And a couple days ago, he misplaced his Bible, and he was freaking out. He's like, I can't find my Bible. Where's my Bible? What's going on? This is my Bible. This is, I need my Bible. I need my Bible. <laughs> so I was thinking of um, Joshua 1 verse 8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful and do everything written in it. So when my dad didn't have and then it says, then you will be prosperous and successful. So when my dad didn't have the book of law, which is the word of God, he didn't feel prosperous or successful. <laughs> so, um, moving back to Proverbs 23, verse 22. 
through 25, parents rejoice when their children turn out well. So your mother will rejoice, your father will rejoice when you turn out well, but you can't turn out well if you don't soak your mind in the word of God, if you don't soak yourself in that spiritual cycle. Um, John 16 verse 13 says, the spirit will show you things to come. You are investing in your future when you soak yourself in the spiritual soak cycle. Um, a key for all of my youngins, my young kids out there. <laughs> um, again, 22 through 25. Buy truth, don't sell it for love or money. Buy wisdom, buy education, buy insight. But the key to this is parents rejoice when their children turn out well. And wise children become parents. So you're not only pleasing your mother and your father, but you're benefiting from soaking yourself in the spiritual soak cycle. Um, so just to run it back a little bit, um, this pleases not only God, but your mother. So give your mother, yourself, and your future this gift today and all of the days of your life. Thank you. What a Mother's Day gift, huh? So a few things in addition to the example we just saw about how uh, the message of doing well for your parents, speaking well of your parents, being a gift to your mother, and how that eventually makes you, uh, puts you in a great position to be a gift uh, yourself as a parent. Isn't it interesting how God's blessings are always generational? We hear people talk about generational curses, but there are generational blessings as well. As I meditated, and I wrestled, I wrestled like never before for this, as if I had never ministered before. Grace asked me yesterday, she said, Mom, I think this is what warfare is called. <laughs> Just very matter-of-factly. And I said, yes, daughter, let's keep moving forward. But the Lord really uh, sent me to give you a word of encouragement, a word that um, I think we sometimes lose, and that's why my heart leapt when I heard Pastor Hyacinth going straight to Genesis. I actually was given a title, a theme for you, and I want you to remember this. You might, I might even ask you to say it with me as we move forward. Woman, you are not forgotten. God remembers you. So let's be grateful. Let's say it again. Woman, you are not forgotten. God remembers you. So let's be grateful. What is a woman? There are three distinct places in the book of Genesis. I'm not going to take a long time, but for those of you who are taking notes, you can write the scripture down and go back and look at it. And so in Genesis 1, 26, 27, we see this creation taking place. It's amazing every time you read it. 
In Genesis 1.27, it says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So they, them, were both there. Not making it up, the scripture says it right there. Who was there? He said male and female, verse 27, created he them. And so it's interesting that when we talk about humankind and the creation of humankind, the first reference to woman is here, female. Say it with me, female. That's number one for my note takers. Then there's a second reference to woman, and it's in Genesis 2. Genesis 2, 22 says, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, made he woman and brought her unto the man. And so we have in Genesis 1 this reference of male and female. In Genesis 2, the next reference we hear to the female is Moses writing that she was called woman, okay? That she was taken quote from verse 22, from the man, like Pastor Hyacinth just reminded us, from not his head, but from his rib, from his side. Because she was already there. Yeah, you got it. She was already there. You can't take something out that wasn't already there. And so God took her from the rib and made a woman and then brought her back to the man because the scripture says he was in a deep sleep, okay? So we move on then to verse 23 of this same, uh, of this same portion of scripture and we hear the woman referred to as, as woman, but then verse 23 says, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones. He had a revelation. And flesh of my flesh, she, shall be called woman. Now Adam is calling her woman, why? The scripture says, she shall be called woman, verse 23, because she was taken out of man. Woman means wombed man. She was taken out of man, the difference was that she had a womb. One of the natures of woman that God gave us is that we are incubators. And so when you give us something, we, we hold on to it, we carry it, we make it better than it was than when you gave it to us. It might take us some time, but when we give you something back from what God brought to him, it's gonna be better than before. You give us a house, we make you a home. You give us some groceries, we gonna make you a meal. You give us seed, we give you Joshua, Grace, and Nathaniel. You tracking with me? And so we have female, and then we have woman, because she was taken out of man. She is a wombed man, a human with a womb. And then there's a third thing that is said of woman after she's called female and woman, and I love this one. After the fall, however, because this takes place in chapter 2. 
After the fall, Adam called his female woman, wife, called all of those things before, he called her Eve. He said, this is Eve. I'm going to call her Eve. It's in chapter 2, verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve. So now we see this evolution from female to woman to uh, Eve to mother. And why did he say that? It says it right in verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all things. So now, if you understand scripture and how things work, this is the third dimension of this female's being. Faith, hope, love. These three things. But the greatest is what? It's the third dimension, right? Female, woman, wife, mother. Giver of life. And so we, we wanted to take some time there so that you would really, really track with me what was happening in Genesis as it related to the woman. Now, we have an identity crisis, however. We have an identity crisis because in our society, there's this, what I feel is an undue pressure or burden or emphasis on woman as mother. That came thirdly, but she was a wife first, and she was woman before that. She was female. And what happens is in society, this is my sociology professor hat, if you will, but it so applies to the scripture. We see women, and there was a woman that we met in a, in a Starbucks, in a, a cozy one time, so you know it was a long time ago. I don't even think cozy exists anymore. We were sitting in a chair, and, you know, we talked to everyone. So she came by, and we said hi, and we greeted her, and she looked a little sad. We said, well, what's wrong? And she said, I'm, I'm just, I'm so disconcerted. We said, well, what happened? She said, I sent my last child off to college and I don't know what to do with myself. This is not new to this one woman. We meet people all the time. I have friends all the time. Not all of my friends, not all of the people you and I know, but there are people who get totally confused and flustered and feel like they have no meaning or purpose when their children move on. But what we have to do is remember that we have to figure out and work, if we can, our purpose before children. Because if you do your job well, the children will leave. They will leave. And so we have an excellent example of this. Jesus. Jesus had a mission statement. It's in Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. We can read it in a few other places in the scriptures too, but this is the one I'm going to read. He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty of the captives, the opening of the prison to them who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to appoint to them who are in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. That was his mission. I ask you, mothers, what is your mission? 
beyond childbearing, beyond rearing children, what is your mission? Because as kingdom citizens, we cannot just live in the realm of mother. Well, Janine, why would you tell me this on Mother's Day? Because God wants more for us. Being a mother, we've heard it over and over, and many of us live it. It's not easy. It's a, it's a hard thing, but it's a beautiful thing. I love when Pastor Hyacinth often says, the days are long, but the years are short. And so this is why I want to give this message of encouragement and hope and, and almost just beg of you to love your children and rear them well and see the blessing that they'll become. But Make sure that you don't get lost because God didn't just mean for you to be a mother. I often say that clarity is power. When we are find ourselves in this state, and we mothers, we can all find ourselves in this state. It's, it's really a, a crisis of identity. And there's a book by a woman named Jane Chopin. She wrote The Awakening. It's a sad story. It ends terribly. I won't tell you just in case you decide you want to read it. But there's a term she uses in the book called mother woman. You ever heard this term? Mother woman. And she uses this term to describe women who have totally lost themselves and relinquished their entire life and being over to the role of mother. Adam called her woman and wife before she was ever called mother. So how do we get here? How do we get to this point? Well, there are, there are a lot of reasons we got here. We won't get back to all of it, but I do wanna make this point that has mostly been perpetuated by Catholicism. This idea of Mary as the mother of the church, okay? Biblically, that can't be so because the scripture says that Jesus was the second Adam. So if Jesus was the second Adam, how can Mary be the mother of the church? Why is this important? The church is his bride who he's coming back to redeem without spot nor wrinkle. And so we want to make sure that we recognize, as it says in Ephesians 5.23, the husband is the head of the wife and Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. This is why we can give thanks. This is why we know that we don't have to worry. This is why we can say that, yes, we are women. Say it with me, woman. This is why we can say, because he went through all this trouble from Genesis all the way through Revelations to save us, to give us his son, to shed the blood so that we could redeem what was lost in Eden, right? So that we could be remade and renewed and redeemed so that we could spread his gospel to everyone in the earth and give them a chance to come onto the, the right side, the side with us, right? The redeemed side. So we know that we are what? We are not forgotten. Say, we are not forgotten. God remembers you, so let's be grateful. I want to talk about that word, remember. In the Greek, this word is a special word. Have you ever felt pulled apart as a mother? So I was totally surprised by the showing of the clip on which I was on the news celebrating my mother, Sandra Winters, by running 10 miles. Maybe I could find another way to celebrate my mom next year. <laughs> by running 10 miles in the Broad Street Run and raising money uh, for 
determination. And thank you to all of you, many of you who donated to my cause. I appreciate it. We, we met our goal. And so I, I did this uh, in honor of my mom. And I remember thinking to myself, we have prom on one prom, Josh on Friday, Grace on Saturday, the Broad Street Run on Sunday, a very big proposal for our, our work due on Saturday, right? How do we get all this done? Have you ever felt pulled in every direction as a mother? Pulled in every direction. Have you ever felt forgotten? Like all these people around me, they don't even know what I'm doing right now. Why are you sitting there? Get up and do something. Right? I see my friend Joyce's eyes, and I don't have to see her mouth laughing and smiling. We're ironing. We're cooking. We're writing proposals. We're exercising. We're buying clothes. We're, we're helping somebody whose emotions are in a jam. You know, we're just doing everything that we can as a mother. And you can literally, school, sometimes checking papers. My good friend Dawn's, oh my God, I'm so tired. I've been checking his son's who's in college paper all morning. I told this boy to get me this stuff earlier, but we do it for the love of the children. My mom used to say, they move from your lap to your heart, right? Pulling your heartstrings no matter how old, knowing I cannot rest until I hear that door close and Joshua, Grace, and Nathaniel are in. You all have gone through that as mothers. And this is not just for children who you physically bore. This is what, for any children you love, you have the spirit of a mother. And so this word remember interestingly, means to be put back together again. And I believe that's why God had me saying that to you. You're not forgotten. He remembers you, not just that he thinks about you, friends, but that he literally puts us back together again. And when you look deeper into the etymology of the word, it's not just a remembering, like a putting back together again of your members, your body, but it's a putting back together again of your mind. I'll give you an example. Have you ever thought, I need to do something, I'm going to grab something, and then you, you go and you try to get it, and you're like standing there like, what did I come here for? So you go back, and then you say, oh, I remember, and then you, you, come, you get it, right? Why does this happen? Because of course there's a mind-body connection. And so the remembering happens not just in your body, but in your mind. Isn't that good news? And so for all my weary mothers out there, God has not forgotten you. Whatever you thought, sometimes I think, oh my gosh, I'm doing this all wrong. I'm totally messing these kids' lives up. I miss this, I miss that. What, what are we gonna do? Anybody ever felt like that as a mom? Somebody else could look at you and say, you're doing good, like Pop Barlow used to tell us, and pat the car three times. But you could just feel so diminished sometimes as a mom. If that's you, I want to remind you today, mom, you are not forgotten. God remembers you. And then, what do we need to do? Be grateful. Somebody over there got it. Be grateful. Why be grateful? Because... It tells us in the scriptures to give thanks when? And how many things? All things. 
Paul exhorted them in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18, didn't he? He said, give thanks in everything. Why? Back to the purposes. Because this is the will of God. It's the will of God. For what? Concerning you. Give thanks in all things. Somebody say all means all. All means the back-to-back proms, the money that was spent, the paper that came too late and you edited it anyway, the child who went to jail, the one who, who you lost to something tragic. All means all. Give thanks in all things. Why? Because this is the will of God concerning you. Be remembered. Be remembered. I want to bring our attention to one woman and one last scripture, and then we're done. Now, in this scripture, I was like, God, are you sure? You ever been studying? And you're like, God, are you sure? Am I hearing you? No, I must be hearing myself. Lord, why would you give me this scripture on Mother's Day? Well, because I'm always handled in weird ways since my teenage years, so I'm kind of used to it. But the scripture God gave me for us is Psalm 23. Now, we know everybody reads this scripture at a funeral, yes? <laughs> but this is not a funeral. And this scripture is a scripture that, interestingly, when you study the psalm, is actually a very joyful, delightful scripture because David was always talking about, Lord, help me with this, and oh, Lord, I did this, and oh, God, don't take your spirit from me, and oh, my father, I messed up here. And that's okay because I know I'm like that too. But in Psalm 23, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That means I lack nothing. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. Anybody ever needed to be made to lay down as a mother? Go lay down. My husband tell me something. You don't do nothing else. And that's a quote from Omar Barlow. The scripture said, he maketh me to lie. So my husband anointed when he told me that. Go lie down. He maketh me to lie down. Where? Not just anywhere. In green pastures. Not, and, and not only does he make me lie down, sometimes he takes my hand because he has to lead me beside the still waters. Mothers, God knows you are not forgotten. God remembers you. So we're going to be grateful. Verse 3 says, he restores my soul. If you go lay down, you can get some restoration as a mom. He leadeth me in the paths, paths, paths. There are paths of righteousness that God has for you, mothers. There are paths of righteousness. There are paths of righteousness. There's many paths of righteousness. Hallelujah. And why does he do it? Let's not mistake this. It says he does it for his namesake. The name of Jesus. It's a name above all names. Hallelujah. Verse 4 says, Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Say, he'll never leave me. Thy rod and thy staff... They comfort me. Motherhood can feel this way sometimes. But we go on to verse 5, and he says, Thou preparest a table before me 
in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head, hallelujah, with oil. My cup is running over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me when? All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. Now this is very, very exciting. And I have way too many notes to share with you. But I'm going to bring your attention to one woman who we all know and love in the scriptures. Her name is Hannah. Verse 1 said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Say, I shall not want. I lack nothing. Hannah was barren, but she was beloved of her husband. She went in to the priest and she was praying. She was praying. Can you imagine how she must have been praying for him to think she was drunk in the daytime? That's what the scripture said. He thought she was drunk. He, he basically told her, go get yourself together because you don't need to be in here like this. And she said, oh, no, no, no. That's not, it's not what you think. It's not what you think. And she explained the situation. 1 Samuel eleven twenty six twenty eight. She vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me, and not forget thy handmaiden. She said, remember me and don't forget me. She had it all covered. And not forget thy handmaiden, but will give unto thy handmaid a man child. When we pray, we need to be specific. She didn't just ask for a child. She asked for a man child. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And she said, oh, my Lord, as thou liveth, my Lord, I am a woman that stood by thee here praying for the Lord. For this child have I prayed and given my, my petition. She got that child and she fulfilled her promise. And we know what the legacy of that child was. And so again, here's a, a scripture that reminds you that God doesn't forget you. He'll put you back together again and that you need to be grateful. Because she went back and gave him back and look at the legacy we get from that, the lineage. Here's the last thing. Just in case there's someone who, you know, sometimes you feel like you're, well, I'm not a Hannah. I'm not a Sarah. You know, my daughter talked about it, this curse of comparison that we have. But we, we need to do away with that because look in the scriptures when you read about the, the many women who are just quickly mentioned but made tremendous impacts. Lois and Eunice, the grandmother and mother of Timothy, he told him, you go stir yourself up. You had good examples in your mother Eunice and Lois. What's the problem? Paul mentions Phoebe. He told, he told the people, when she comes to you, you better give her anything she asked for. That's my translation, but you can read it. It's pretty close. You better give Phoebe anything she asks for. Why? Because she is a benefactor. She has handled the working of this kingdom since our Jesus left. Don't you dare not give her what she needs. He told her, do anything she asked for. Then you have Aquila and Priscilla. Priscilla was always mentioned, actually, before her husband's name in the scriptures. 
because it speaks to the level of authority that she had with the work they were doing together. And they moved quietly. They counseled kings, if you will, teachers who were teaching all the people all these things, and they would pull them aside quietly and say, well, here, look at this in the scripture, and look at this in the scripture. Some theologians think that it may have even been Priscilla who wrote Hebrews. They don't know, but they think so, some of them. I hope it's true. <laughs> Not that it matters at all, I'm kidding with you. But I mention these names to say, if you're a mother out here who you think that ironing those clothes while you're still working, looking for this and that for your children, doing research, helping them with, with their work, doing all the different things you do to be, to be a good mother. When you think that that doesn't matter, when you think that it doesn't matter, that you have a prayer list with people's names on it that you pray for every day, when you think it doesn't matter because it's not published, it matters. God has not forgotten you. He remembers you. So let's all be grateful. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.